those nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the Pickup app today. That's PKUP and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones. Dick Johnson from DJ Art, and you're on Inside Supercar. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercast, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're joined by uh, one of the men who's been uh, in this sport for a long time, going back to the 1980s, Neville Wilkinson. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Hey Tony, hey Craig, yeah, uh, pleasure to be here. We uh, we live in interesting times, Neville, you've been witnessing some, uh, some amazing sights recently. Well, if you're talking about the transition supercars with the next Gen or Gen 3, whatever they call it, version number five, whatever. Um, and well, it's, to be honest, motorsport was a good year last year. F1 was even a cracker. So, yeah, I was still a good uh, fan of the sport, a spectator of it all, so to speak. I've got my KO sorted up. Now it looks like I'm going to have to go and get some stand. I don't know if I'm going to be standing up for it because um, I heard somewhere that it could be as much as $19 a month, which added to already my $25 on uh, KO. I'm not so sure I'd be willing to part with another sort of $40 or so, 20, you know. Well, it's all a matter of how much you want to follow. Well, to me, the big thing on Stan is the IndyCar aspect. Um, Obviously with McLaughlin in the championship and that would be the one thing that make me want to buy it. But yeah, so here you've got to buy the stand membership, the general one, and then you've got to buy the motorsport package on top of that. Well, I'm not too sure where it's value for money in my eyes. Now, Nev, one thing that I know you're a big fan of, because when we first met, you were working on auto action and you were watching NASCAR. Hey, isn't it right now you're working at auto action and you're watching NASCAR? <laughs> Some things don't change. Oh, yeah, I'm doing my second tour of duty at Auto Action, um, uh, and I'm enjoying it. I love it. I'm, you know, it's old school. I love publishing, as uh, as you know. And, yes, I think it's a way of de- getting my uh, weekly fix in motorsport anyway, working in a place that reports on motorsport. <laughs> I love it. And uh, let's face it, it was a good race on the weekend with the, uh, the NASCAR, which is one of the sports that I love. The Clash at the Coliseum, a racetrack built in the LA Coliseum, is a fascinating idea, isn't it? We've we've seen them do a lot of things over the years, but it's returning to their roots, uh, racing around a football stadium. I, well, it's an Olympic stadium, isn't it, originally, wasn't it? It I just, has held was- the Olympics twice, I think. I just, I when I saw the building, I went, "This is this is crazy." I mean, I thought they were doing Bristol, uh, dirt, Bristol. Uh, where was it? Two thousand and twenty or twenty one? I can't remember. That was crazy. I, I I couldn't wait to see that race. This race, the clash. I thought, you know, they're not even going to get around the corners on this thing. It's the shape of a football, an AFL football. That's the shape of the track. And it costs them more than a million dollars to build a track what? for. 
effectively one day's, one afternoon's racing. So, so you're telling me they protected the grass and then they built a asphalt surface on top of that. That that's exactly what I'm telling you because that's how so, they did it. They uh, so what are they going to hang on? So they're just going to pull it up again? The whole racetrack they're just going to rip it up? Yep, and it'll be like they were never there in about three, three or four weeks' time. It, it, it's a f- fascinating way of going about it, but how do you afford things like that? Well, that's the thing. I mean, that must be super expensive. Well, as I said, more than a million dollars. Come on, I wonder if they could do that here in Australia. <laughs> Imagine if they could do that with the Ovals. <laughs> Oscar NASCAR would start up again. Well, that is the interesting question, isn't it? Supercars, they have been trying to find that elusive, small, short race format. And uh, Tony, as you would agree, 60-60 races in the three guises that they've rolled them out previously just haven't worked. No, they haven't. And um, there's a mindset probably within the organisation that may be willing to try something new because I think that uh, they really want to please the fans and they want to get the fans back on board. Um, I I, uh, really think that uh, there are serious ideas that should be considered and, and one of those is the shorter format races. You mentioned the track looked like a uh, football, an Aussie Rules football, Neville. But what was fascinating is that we have seen an AFL ground turned into a speedway, and that was Etihad. In 2017, the World Speedway Grand Prix was held, the 12th and final race, held in Melbourne at Etihad Stadium, as it was known then. Of course, now it's known as Marvel. So that was the bikes? Yes, that was a dirt yeah, bike track. I reckon you're trying to compare apples to oranges here. Because bikes, yes, when you get cars on there, it's a whole different story. When they hit the fence, it's a lot harder. And I remember them trying it at Olympic Park there at one stage. They had a temporary track made up for the Speedway bikes and then they had some midgets on there as well and they didn't even get one lap in before someone put it into the fence and everybody else just piled well (laughs) come to a grinding hole because the track was blocked yeah well i covered that race and the the showground tracks in speedway have always been extremely narrow and that is uh part of the issues and challenges which would be the reason why we don't see speedway racing at showgrounds anymore not often these days. But, <laughs> but let's face it, the track was only a quarter mile. Now, you can fit a quarter mile track inside Eddie Had. You can fit a quarter mile track inside the MCG. You can fit it inside even the SCG Adelaide Oval or even Optus Stadium. Oh, man, you could fit this track anywhere, but... It's the cost. But I'd love to see a track built at uh, one of the stadiums. I mean, the Formula One, when they go to Mexico, drive their cars through a stadium. And it's, it's you know, it's a part, only part of the track. But, um, you know, imagine imagine having a race inside a stadium. It would be fantastic. But then Supercross, what, it's like that already. They, they build their tracks and 
um, pull it down when they leave and next thing you know, there's still grass there. So, Tony, the question, and a fair question, is how can supercars get the stadium experience for the fans? Well, interesting, of course, um, Neville, you're bringing up that Mexico. It is a great venue and, and the interesting thing is it, it, it brings into play that stadium atmosphere that, um, for instance, it happens also um, at, uh, is it Hockenheim um, in Germany where the crowd are all around the S-Bend, uh, is there. Um, it's, it's something that is unique um, to uh, a couple of, only a couple of tracks um, and, of course, it's something that's akin to what we do get, uh, for instance, at a, a Townsville, when the people can be close to the track. Uh, it, it's something that, that I think is uh, really should be part of what supercars are doing, getting the cars close to the people, obviously, in a safe way. I think, I think the, um, the, the access for the crowds is probably the best it's ever been. When you talk about grandstands and stuff, I remember going to a racetrack and there was no – it was in the grandstand within 100 miles of the place. Uh, but now they're getting those uh, amenities better for fans and, also, you know, toilets, everything. I think uh, Motorsport Australia has got that. To me, they need to change the racing. Um, Craig was touching on formats or whatever. I mean, most people, when they go to an AFL match or even a T20 match, it's all over and done within three hours, in, out kind of thing. It's a great evening, go with the family, all that kind of stuff. And I think Supercars is trying to get that feeling with people. Okay, when you go to a motor race, you don't go for two or three hours. You go, you usually go for a day. It's a, it's a, it's a, a day's outing. But when it comes to watching on television, a lot of people just click on the, the television 15 seconds before the race starts and watch the race, then then they're off doing something else, not watching the eight-hour telecast or whatever, right? And um, I believe to mix up the sport, let's – safety cars, we've already got them. Let's have double-file restarts and let's see how all that happens. Simple. Interesting, um, Neville, you raising that because, of course, it's that very thing that's seen uh, the introduction only in, in England, in uh, UK cricket, where they've got the, the 100 now, where, you know, it's just 100 balls, not even 20 overs. Wow. And, um, yeah, um, I, I hope it's something that never comes here. Uh, <laughs> I happen to be a lover of test cricket. but And I understand why a lot of people only go for 20-20 or, or one-day cricket, 50 overs at least. Um, but it's that changing thing where people just don't have time, uh, you know, that uh, people just are not uh, stretched on the ability to put their time into something of any distance. So it is that short, sharp, uh, hot dog mentality, I want it now. Yeah, and also another thing that comes in play, a bit of the biff, a bit of payback. We're not allowed to do that here in Australia. It's a lot tighter. You get fine for small things. It's considered in other, other sports, or well, NASCAR, for instance, as, eh, we'll let that go. They'll sort themselves out of the track. They're not allowed to do that here. So it's a, it's a little different. Um, the teams also, they tried the double file restart several years ago. It lasts, I reckon, one or two rounds and then the team owners complained it was too expensive. They were worried that the cars are going to get trashed. Uh, the sport's expensive. Um, they don't take two cars to the track, each driver, uh, or a spare car. They take one car. They crash it. They're done. 
So there's a lot of things there. Make the cars cheaper, allow a bit of pushing and shoving. And there's those types of things that could probably improve the show a bit. Now, interestingly, they did this in the LA Coliseum, which is an iconic venue known all around the world. The LA Coliseum in 1923 cost about 900, I think it was 933,000 and a bit of change to build. (laughs) This track that they've built inside it is more than what the whole stadium cost to build in 1923. Now, admittedly, it was 955,000. I've just pulled up my notes. Adjusted for inflation, it's $15.5 million in today's money to build the LA Coliseum. But even so, just the, the fact that you'd put a temporary venue up as an option. Now, this wasn't a points-paying race either, Neville, so it was an invitation-only so event. So they were racing for dollars? Uh, I, I don't know. They, I honestly don't know. There normally is a big check with... Um, this race, the Bush Clash, used to be the uh, Budweiser shootout. So it yeah, used well, to be a money you, race. Yeah. yeah, anybody who is new to, is new to uh, this, the Clash, I think it's uh, all the winners from last year and there might have, there might have been other things you can qualify for this, for this event. It's not the whole field. It's only like just over half the field. What you have to remember is that uh, there was two heat races which we didn't see qualifying through to the main event. Then there was a repercharge or a B main where the rest of the field was set. So there were more than just the 150 lap race that we got to experience on the TV. Um, But let's face it, the eyeballs were what was going to pay for it. Well, yes. I mean... The real winner is the sponsors. I mean, and the teams get paid by the sponsors. So if you sponsor Joe Logano, <laughs> you're really happy. Um, so it's just it's just content. Motorsport, these the NASCAR, supercars, Formula One, they just provide content for us to look at now. Something to yell and scream at on the television, um, YouTube. What? However, we however we suck up our media. Um, they're providing the content. I mean, supercars, the new owners have no, no, uh, I guess, well, uh, they know exactly what they are doing and that is creating content for viewers, uh, creating content so we all tune in so the teams can get sponsors, yada, yada, yada. And Neville and Tony, one of the other things is NASCAR stated before the event that 70% of the ticket buyers, now the venue for football can hold 77,000, but the, the capacity was reduced, uh, so there was a safety buffer from the safer barrier. And that's not, a, you know, that's the other thing. We talked about the asphalt. They put a safer barrier system all the way around the fence line. So that's another cost. But 70% of the ticket buyers, which you'd say were is probably around 45,000, um, yeah. had not poured a ticket to a NASCAR event before. So this is a first-timers? This is 70% of your crowd there on the weekend were first-time attendees to a NASCAR event. And in America, Fox broadcast the whole thing for six hours. 
So, okay, answer me this. If they didn't have the Coliseum as a NASCAR track, circuit, oval, um, if you're in LA, where was this closest circuit to see the NASCAR circus whenever it come your way? What is the closest track? 50 miles away is Auto Club Speedway. Is that what it's called? That's what I it's called nowadays. It. Yep, it's the... Um, they have a NAS- regular events everywhere. Top sh- and top shelf NASCAR race there. In, in the season. Yeah, Roger Penske used to own it, the Auto Club yeah, Speedway. Okay. Yeah. So it's out near Ontario. Go, so when you go to the LA Coliseum, it's pretty much close to LA, isn't it? Yep, it's downtown. Okay. Well, no wonder they had first-time crowds there. Once again, why did they do it? Well, 50,000 people going to an event, that, you know, maybe... Maybe 10,000 will be prepared to drive 50, Ks, uh, 50 miles down the road to go to Auto Club. I'll, I'll tell you why they did it. Because crazy fans like you and me went, holy mackerel, they're going to race on this thing? I can't wait. We just couldn't wait for them. Tell me when the red green flag's about to drop. Oh, I'm going to watch this thing. That's how I wanted to see this. As soon as they said we're racing in this venue, I went, holy mackerel, I'm not going to miss this for quids. Glad you could join us on Inside Supercars listening to Neville Wilkinson, who's a long-time involver not only in supercars, in V8s before that, and in auto action, of course, as he is again now. It's a pleasure, Tony. Uh, Craig, thanks, guys. It's great. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up for the season coming. Thanks again for joining us. Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock on Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.